never say die! Fourteen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode one sixty-eight of Forty Going On Fourteen. One sixty-nine. One sixty-nine. Forty Going On Fourteen. I am Mike. Thank you, background Phil. I'm Patrick. I'm Joel. <clears throat> and I'm Josh. And I'm excited this week to talk about Full House, a show that combined three men and a baby with the Brady Bunch, and somehow managed to be less interesting than either. Aww, I'm spoilers. for it. How rude! Spoilers. <laughs> Oh, yes. So, yeah, we're doing the Full House and the Fuller House, but not the Fuller House. There's anyway, this is the first time I've seen either of this on this one. So interesting. Yeah. But we will get to that later. Someone's got to say something in order for me to have something to transition off of. <laughs> hey, no, I'll... we're making it very difficult for you. It's like, if you like awkward silences. <laughs> this is professional level segueing, sir. <laughs> Worst segue ever. <laughs> All right, you should just check out the podcast collective. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you guys. There you can find such awesome podcasts as the Bad Parenting Podcast, On the Block, No Hope for Humanity, The Coffin Joe Cast, The Sunshine Happy Pants Hour, Dating Baggage, The Internet with Scott the Pool Boy, I Am Salt Lake, Mint Inbox Cast, Tales from the Hard Side, The Dog and Deuce Show, The Empty Rant Podcast, The Portland Beer Club Podcast, and of course, The Rad Dad Radio Hour. Wait a second, was there a new show in there? Yeah, Portland Beer Club Podcast. Looks like it's all about uh, craft beers that because they're so far west of us, I've never heard of. Huh. <gasps> what? They're yeah, all... beers regional. They're all up to fifteen episodes now. Catching now. Be part of the crowd. Be part of the new and the now. I don't know what the hell just happened there. Or don't. I think I just that was a... that was next level podcasting right there. I just had a seizure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you can so, also find us on... Uh, he was possessed by Mark Marin. <laughs> if only. Where did all this money come from? <laughs> Geek Life Radio, 12 o'clock noon on Saturdays. Catch our shows then. Because <laughs> transitions are overrated. Yes. <laughs> if you're looking for anything older than that, you can go on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TalkShoe. To which we were actually talking earlier before the show. What... Uh, Trivia, what is our fifth most popular country? You completely forgot. No, I was waiting for somebody to guess. Portland is not a country. Portland. <laughs> <laughs> Maine, Portland, Maine. Maine is not a country either. What the hell? <laughs> it's the only Portland uh, Antarctica. Believes it. Uh, <clears throat> North Korea. North Korea. There, that is, is exactly best it. Korea. Best Korea is our fifth most popular podcasting country. That is the, a lie. Uh, glorious leaders just downloading the uh, Peter Pan show over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. He's shitting himself. <laughs> what? <laughs> I have no idea what just happened. <laughs> no, that was the oh my Jesus! That was the night before the colonoscopy. So that was a funny. Oh, joke. Right. That was a funny fucking. He joke. did the entire oh. show sitting on the can. Oh my god! <clears throat> We're all like, "Hey, Pat, what do you think about this?" Pause. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, why? Well, I mean, there was no stress. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with No, that was me reacting to you. <clears throat> See, I'm going to try that again. Oh. All right. So, also. Oh, man, moving on. If please. you'd like to get in touch with us, 708 now wrap. That's 708 669 9727. I don't know why you'd want to after that, though. You'd want to because you can then hear this. Howdy ho. Group I don't want to hear that. 40 year old people. <laughs> Listener here, I know it's been a while since I called in, and uh, I. Still behind. I still haven't quite listened to the second Arnold show yet. Um, just between uh, training a new guy at work and uh, and finals, I have had little time for uh, podcasts. So I haven't forgot about you. And just to make it easy on you, I won't call in the devo- next voicemail that I'm prompted to make when I'm listening through it. Even though I did hear the one at the end of the uh, Pop Princesses show, where I was kind of, although I didn't come up with it, kind of dedicated to with the roasts. Uh, keep up the good work, and uh, thanks for taking Arnold out of that corner. I appreciate it. Bust to the front. No one it's put, not a corner. No one puts Arnold in a corner. <laughs> that was supposed to hang up. Some of the- <laughs> Oh, that was awesome. Nice. <laughs> that was a, a rare Nenimlas pulling a Charlie with the uh, fake ending to the voicemail. Yeah. Which brings up the question, where is Charlie? Lurking. Right behind you. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody He's knows. deep, deep, deep undercover. Nice. Deep. So uh, if you guys haven't heard, if you didn't listen last week, we are going to actually be appearing, or at least uh, Joel, myself, and Michael will, at LodgeCon in Piatone, Illinois. It's a weekend of February 11th. Yep. Not, not Bourbon A, like we said in the last show. That's where our hotel is going to be. Oh, okay. So the convention's <laughs> not actually at the hotel. No, the convention is at the Will County Fairgrounds, and uh, we will be there uh, performing with... Uh, doing the 40 going on 14 shtick and doing instant game show. And we will be giving out prizes from uh, Paizo um, and from uh, Sirenscape also. They're also giving uh, access to the program and prizes for that. Sirenscape. Sirenscape. Is that how we say it? That's what we decided. Sirenscape. 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 Okay. Also, Dan the Bard will be there. Uh, I sure hope the Will County Fairgrounds has buildings. Otherwise, us and Dan the Bard are going to be freezing our nuts off. It's in February. I'm pretty sure there's buildings there. Not just a big field. I know the DuPage <laughs> County Fairgrounds has at least one, like, house. Big room. Does nice. he do Vicodin? <clears throat> what? <laughs> oh. So, yes. Come and see us in the flesh. Sweet. sweet. Not too much flesh. Oh, there's the plenty. Appropriate of amount of flesh. No, no, no. All the flesh is actually going to be at the hotel. Yep. <laughs> and let's be fair. All the flesh is too much flesh. That's true. And if we're lucky, Aww. you guys will be able to meet uh, Prize Man Brian. Have we told Brian about LodgeCon yet? I don't think so. <laughs> it's going to be hard for him to make it if you don't tell him about it. <laughs> we should probably bring it up to him now that I think about it. In fact, Brian, we probably if you- should. Brian, if you're listening, guess where you're going to be on the 11th? <laughs> I can see him right now. He's like, okay. 
<laughs> somewhere. He doesn't know why. He's just like, okay. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Dan the Bard, we're going to be there. Instant Game Show is going to be performing. And free access to the vendor area for all general attendees. No fee. The Lodge. <laughs> the Lodge. I think no it's fee. about that time. Is it about that time? Yes. It's so about that time. This week in... Music. Movies. And TV. All right, so this week, the date is September 22nd, 1987, the premiere of Full House. Take it, music. All right. The top song in the land is by Michael Jackson with Seta Garrett. This holds a spot for one week being kicked off by Didn't We Almost Have It All by Whitney Houston, which she did have it all, and it killed her. September 25th. Wait, 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 you completely blew past the acronym of the week. You just yeah. said it was by Michael Jackson. Oh, I was like, why didn't he have the song in there? I missed it. <laughs> and the acronym of the week. Wait, 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 wait. So the wait, top wait. song in the land is hey, actually what? That's our uh, Joel. <laughs> I-J-C-S-L-Y. Of course, I-J-C-S-L-Y would be I jerk cocks slowly licking you. The slowdown on the last part <laughs> was unnecessary. I feel a little uncomfortable. <laughs> oh my god! I thought it added something to the experience. Almost it added. added it definitely it goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> Almost added me spraying beer all across my keyboard. That's what. <laughs> uh, I'm imagining you with lotion in a basket now. <laughs> it puts a lotion in the basket. The actual song is "I Just Can't Stop Loving You." I don't know this song. That's why it was, Whitney it was a good. It was a good ballad it song. It wasn't. It wasn't great. Great. This was a weird, weird week or a year for music. It's like the, <clears throat> I think the only two songs that lasted. Like one was three weeks. It was a U two song, and the other one was by uh, Bon Jovi. Was "You Give Love a Bad Name" or something like oh, that. Shit, the eighties was like. You know, the central time for one-hit wonders. Oh, yeah. It was like, I think the the average length for any one song was like maybe one, two weeks. So. All right. So September 25th, CBS launches an American version of the long-running UK television show, Top of the Pops. It lasts one year. So it wasn't as Top of the Pops as they wanted. September 22nd sees the release of The Hunger by Michael Bolton. And on the other side of the pond, I'll say, men Man of Colors by Ice House. Not to be confused with the beer. <clears throat> now, never heard of it. To give you an idea, Top of the Pops in America lasted one year. How long did this weekly broadcast last in Great Britain? Give me a guess. Ten years. Nope. Joel, Twelve. what's your guess? Twelve? No. Patrick? 72 years. <laughs> you are the closest. It started in 1964. And ended in 2006. Wow. Wow. I know, right? But you went over, so you do not win the prize package. No. Damn it. All right. Moving on to movies. Harry Locke was an English character actor who was a familiar face in three decades of British cinema, playing small parts such as assorted working men, clerks, porters, and cab drivers. He was cut for the final time on September 17th. 
Oh, he died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on I see. Mm-hmm. On September 19th, at the 12th Toronto International Film Festival, the Princess Bride won the People's Choice Award. As it should be. This year, uh, I was actually near Toronto, and the reason we didn't go to Toronto was because the TIFF was going on. There were so so many awards that the Princess Bride should win. I, I love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies. Indeed. Inconceivable. <laughs> Yeah, if you have one day to go to Toronto, you don't try to go to Toronto while that film festival is going on. Hmm. Moving on, Danielle Nicole Panabaker was born September 19th, an American actress who came to prominence for her roles in the Disney films Stuck in the Suburbs, Sky High, and Read It and Weep, and in the HBO miniseries Empire Falls. She came to wider attention as a cast member alongside James Woods in the series Shark and is also noted as a scream queen, having starred in the psychological thriller Mr. Brooks and the horror films Friday the 13th, The Crazies, and Piranha 3DD, among others. Yep. You know her? Uh, Yeah, of course. I'm looking up her face. I might know her. I have seen Sky High. I have seen uh, Friday the 13th and The Crazies. She's... I've seen Mr. Brooks. Was that three D D or was that supposed to be three double D or was that no. a typo? Yeah, it was no. three double D. There was three D and then there was three double D. Is somebody playing a recorder in the back? Uh, That'd be Joel's son. Right? <laughs> That's my kids playing the trumpet and flute practicing. <laughs> Joel, Joel is recording at the Renaissance Fair. <laughs> That's a traveling minstrel. You got this bard that's out there singing Oklahoma. That's <laughs> Dan the Bard. <laughs> Back on his fife. Live in the background. All right. I thought I was having Back, a stroke. Background Phil is back- <laughs> All right. Background Phil's taking background up the recorder. Background Phil's taking up the recorder. <laughs> All right. So TV. <clears throat> Born on 722, 1922 in Beggs, Oklahoma, Dan Rowan started out as an unassuming young lad. After being discharged from the Army, he joined forces with Dick Martin and started a comedy team. Earning their chops on the road, they eventually made their way to network television fame with Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In. On 9-22-87, the laughter stopped as he left Dick Martin to go on as a solo act. That's sad. Socket to me. Wait, did he die too? Yes. Okay, <clears throat> these are getting weirder. Yeah, they are. Oh, but remember... Laughing brought us a very young Goldie Hawn. In a bikini. Here come the judge. Sock and Richard team. Nixon. In a bikini. <laughs> Here <come> the judge. <laughs> I mean, Laughing didn't bring us Richard Nixon, but he was affiliated with it. <laughs> Just like this glowing light, and he drops out of the sky. <laughs> oh, Sock it, I am not a crook. All right, so the 39th. Primetime Emmy Awards are held on September 20th. Among the winners are the Golden Girls. I believe I watched this more than I watched Full House. Aw. I wouldn't awe that. I think uh, Golden the Girls was a fairly decent multicam sitcom. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Emmy Awards. Oh. I never cared for <laughs> the Golden Girls. <clears throat> Quentin what? Tarantino was on an episode as an Elvis impersonator. Fun fact. Really? Yep. You know, you could have asked me what the next thing you were going to say was going to be, and that wouldn't have even been in the top ten. <laughs> it's a true story. Look it up. All right. So uh, September 26, 1987, saw so the airing of Encounter at Farpoint. 
No, no, no. Don't stop him. I don't know why that's so funny. But it really is. Just kind of teaching her to play Winchester Cathedral. Broke Pat. Oh my Jesus! Just this random. <laughs> oh my God! Can't wait for the Christmas uh, Christmas show this year. All right, so <clears throat> hang on. All right, back to the normal stuff. September twenty sixth, nineteen eighty seven, saw the airing of Encounter at Farpoint. The f- <laughs> Oh my Jesus! All right, I'm I'm done. That's the end of the podcast. I'm done. Oh. <laughs> Donnie done. All right. So it's the first in a new series called Star Trek: The Next Generation. What the hell's happening? <laughs> my voice. This little indie show went on to moderate success as it ran until 1994 and gained a very small cult following. And. Spearheading the debate is who is the better captain, Picard or Kirk? Oh. We've had Benjamin that discussion. Cisco. What? Benjamin fucking Cisco. <laughs> <laughs> we Never got, heard of him. It's we definitely have the outlier right, right there. All right. <clears throat> no, I actually, I, I go with Picard. I just had to go with the off-the-menu choice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And reigning on the television, it was none other than Mr. Pudding Pops himself. The top two spots in the chart were The Cosby Show and A Different World, followed closely by Cheers, The Golden Girls, and Growing Pains. Yeah, this is sort of a year where the passing of the torch happened between those classic shows and then the TJIF must-see TV, which was spearheaded by Fuller, Full Houses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, oh my god it's too good it's too good I I just can't even I can't I can't even (laughs) (laughs) on September 18th the Detroit Tigers Daryl Evans is the first 40 year old to hit 30 home runs in a season hooray it's since been been done by a bunch of steroided out guys so hooray for Zoidberg On September 20th, Walter Payton scores an NFL record 107th rushing touchdown, and he was not done. He, fit, he, he finished with 120-something, I think, which is a lot. Trust me. <clears throat> that is a lot. I, I'm going to trust you on that one. Yep. You guys should at least know Payton. Oh, totally yeah, of course. Payton, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I figured you did. I'm talking about Mike and Joel. They oh, yeah. At least. I've read yes. Payton Place. Yeah. <laughs> I just talked, we just talked about Peyton Manning today, actually, at work. Oh, my God. God. <laughs> awesome. On September 22nd, the second ever NFL strike begins, lasting 24 days. That's the end of sports. That sports sucked. Well, everything, all the other ones were so damn long, I didn't, I just was like, all right, we're just done. Okay. 
Sounds like when we all hang <clears throat> out. <clears throat> what? I don't know. That's what, what you say are. whenever we hang out. What does that mean? <laughs> Pat's got a small penis. All right. That's our that was highly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Take a break, and we'll be right back. (laughs) Now he's done. All right. We are back, and we are going to talk about Full House. I guess. It's everywhere you look. It was. Do, 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 do. Before this, I had never seen an episode of Full House. What? Yeah. I, uh, this time, 87, uh, let's see, 1987, I was watching Night Court. So was I. At this time. I just never got into this. But in case you don't know what Full House is, it's an American coming-of-age sitcom and created by Jeff Franklin for ABC. Uh, chronicles the... Adventures of Danny Tanner, a widowed father who enlists his brother-in-law and best friend to help raise his three daughters, which is always, you know, we should, we could probably do this show. I think, <laughs> I think. Let's not. <laughs> just. If uh, we had, if we had raised Katie and Sophie, if, if Susie had died and we had raised Katie and Sophie. Oh my God. The two of you, it would have been my two dads. Different show. <laughs> <laughs> no, we would have had to find like, um, some, who would be the third one? Oh, jo- Joel's your Dave Coulier. Cut it out. I was thinking Brian the Prize Guy, but okay. Okay, so then if da- Joel is Dave Coulier, then which one of us is John Stamos? Me or Pat? Pat's got to be Pat's got to be John Stamos. <laughs> Pat can't even play in the instruments. Pat, well, he can't be Danny Tanner. <laughs> Why? He can tell the aristocrat. And I was I was a, a ladies' man back when I was young and bartending. So <clears throat> all right, I'll fucking be Bob Saget. <laughs> all right, so. Uh, so it aired from September 22nd, 1987 to May 23rd, 1995. Eight seasons and 192 episodes. You know, I'm kind of a composite of all three of them. Except John Stamos. (laughs) (laughs) How rude. (laughs) All right. So I found this interesting. Jeff Franklin, the guy who, uh, created this show, uh, began his career writing for Laverne and Shirley and Bosom Buddies. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he pitched his own show to ABC and was called House of Comics. And the idea was that three stand-up comics sharing a house together. Oh, God. That would be either really, really good or really, really morbid. Yeah. There is no middle ground on that one. Oh, it would have been – see, but that would lend itself to like a crazy, wacky neighbor that was a heckler. Every every season would end with a different one of them committing suicide. (laughs) (laughs) Only lasted three seasons. The last season was really depressing. The fourth season was just a neighbor, like trying to make, trying to knock on the door. It was and get Mr. In. Roper well, the, over and over again. Hello. Well, the third <laughs> season was last comic standing. So, ah, ah, nice. Uh, but ABC said we're looking for more of a family thing. So he said, "All right, we'll toss some kids in there." And he came up with uh, Full House. He's also done some uh, known for hanging with Mr. Co- Mr. Cooper and writing for the It's Gary Shandling Show. And writing show. and movie credits include Just One of the Guys and Summer School. Summer just, School was a funnier movie than I anticipated it to be. I know. I used to love that movie so much. I really have. Uh, to, it's one of my guilty pleasures. That one scene when the girl passes her driving test and she tries to get out of the car while she's still wearing the seatbelt. 
Still makes me laugh every single time. On the stoner reenacting the killer bunny. <laughs> yes. And, I mean, there's a lot of really good scenes in that movie. It's it's a it's a solid movie. Well, and the Gary Shandling show is a great show. Yeah, oh, yeah. it really was. Aww, now I feel sad. Gary Shandling's dead. I know. Yeah. Hydra. This is the theme to Gary show. The opening theme to Gary show. <laughs> okay. I remember that part of the song. <laughs> An angel got its wings. Yeah. <laughs> Hail Hydra. Every, uh, every time you hear that sound, a mouse gets its wings. Which, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, flying that, mouse. That was not a snort-worthy joke. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the cast. All right, John Stamos as Jesse. Have mercy. And Dave, Coul- Dave Coulier as Joey. Candace Cut it Cameron out. Burr as DJ Tanner. Joey Sweeten as Stephanie Tanner, Mary-Kate Olsen, Michelle, and Ashley Olsen as Michelle, Bob Saget as Danny, Lori Loughlin as Rebecca, Andrea Barber as Kimmy, Blake as Nikki, uh, Blake Toomey Wilhot. Yeah, Blake and Dylan. Yeah. As uh, Nikki and Alex Katsopoulos. Yeah, they were in the late or later seasons. Yeah. yeah. The two little mop-headed blonde children after becky and and uh, uncle jesse got married yeah okay so uh michelle was getting which michelle was getting out of her cute face so they needed another <clears throat> baby that was the ploy the ploy michelle was out of her cute face ashley hmm apparently they were able to tell the difference between the two of them they went into their troll phase <clears throat> all right now i thought from infancy the baby kind of looked like a monkey yeah it was. I'd never understood how they got cast because that that was not an attractive baby. Oh. Yeah, what happened with Elizabeth? She somehow won that lottery. Here's the thing with the Olsen twins. They chose them because they were the only babies not crying. Hmm. That's trivia, right Seriously? there. Seriously. Huh. I know. Well, speaking of which, sold... you get into the trivia. Right That's on. why they chose Dave Coulier too. <laughs> he was the only comedian not making anyone laugh. <laughs> he was the only comedian left at the end of the third season. <laughs> Cut it out. So Bob Saget spoke the first and last lines of the entire series. And the show initially was going to have a ninth season. However, it was supposed to be on the then at a WB network as a classic show to help launch a new network and lineup. Uh, John Stamos did not like how the show was being dropped from ABC because he had uh, money in the in the game. Uh, and he didn't like the fact that they were moving it to a new a new network, and then announced that his the eighth season would be his last. Then Candace uh, Cameron Bird also said eighth season's my my ending, and uh, also because she had done sporadic guest appearances during the ninth season, as her character DJ came home to visit from college during the holidays, as Cameron in real life real life was planning to go on to college after season eight. Uh, after these two announced their departures, the others decided that it was time to call it quits, and the writers decided the series had gone as far as it can go, and the eighth season ended up being the final season for Full House in 1987. I'm sorry, 1995. 87's when it started. Wow, I was going to say they crammed eight seasons in a year. Whoa. Yeah, damn. <laughs> uh, Danny, Joey, Jesse... They have all been in jail at some point, and coincidentally, they've all been wearing something formal. Danny and Joey were both wearing dresses, and Jesse was in a tuxedo. Hmm. All right. Cool. All right. Sensing some awkwardness with one another, Bob Saget, John Stamos, and Dave Coulier went on a road trip to Las Vegas. 
as you do, after the first season ended, to help develop some chemistry, as it does happen in Vegas. <clears throat> in particular, <laughs> with Stamos, since Bob Saget and Coulier were friends before the show. Stamos and Coulier, both single at the time, bonded during the trip and went on double dates together while Saget, who was married, stayed behind. The result was Stamos and Coulier becoming good friends as the writers and the writers incorporated them into this new dynamic into future seasons, with the two working together first in advertising, later as a morning radio show, sharing more scenes on the show together. So, go to Vegas, friends. That's where the magic happens. But it stays there. Behind a screen door. Except for herpes, that shit don't stay there. <laughs> oh. So, speaking of herpes, full, full house. Hey, now. Well, no, you know, I'm rough on this show, but I watched the hell out of it. And I don't know why. <laughs> don't know why. I mean, okay. It has kind of lame jokes. It's super sappy and saccharine. Um... Very formulaic multicam sitcom plots, but I mean, I guess it's true to itself. Like it never decides to try to be edgy, and I think it's probably very comfortable for a lot of people. Well, I think that's part of it is that it is very safe, saccharine, and comfortable. And at the time, even though there was other shows on that were similar, it didn't ever broach any like really hard hitting topics in any way. And it was so formulaic that. Like I said, being comfortable, you could watch it. You knew what you were going to get. And it never left you feeling like, you know, it was like empty calories, you know? You never had to worry about leaving the, leaving that show on in front of your children. Right. Even though Bob Saget is notorious for being a total perv. <clears throat> That's one of the things that really I was kind of astonished by when I know, I know Bob Saget's stand-up better than I know Full House. And knowing that he was on this show and watching a couple episodes that I got a hold of, I'm amazed that they even picked him. Well, he oh. wasn't known as a as a shock comedian at that point. Yeah, I mean, he had those elements in his original stand-up act, but he gets cast in this, and, uh, I mean, this show is huge, and then he's on America's Funniest Home Videos for fucking forever. Yeah, before Tom Bergeron took on. <laughs> and think about that. At this, this time, Bob Saget was, like, outside of Bill Cosby, was one of the biggest things on TV. If only he had some pudding pops. He was a little less rapey. Well, who isn't? Everybody. Al Gore. Way less rapey than Al Gore. See? Wait, no. I got that backwards. Shut up. <laughs> What's happening here? <laughs> I smell toast. <laughs> All right. So looking at the looking at these episodes, what what do you think? I mean, was this something that you guys watched when you were kids? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean it was before the time where Friday night became the time to like go out and do things, this is what you did on Friday night because it's what everybody did. We've kind of talked about that with some of the other big sitcoms is what was on TV was pop culture. Everybody watched Cheers. Everybody watched Cosby. It seemed like everybody watched Full House. It was in the days before, you know, there were 200, 300 channels to choose from. Very true. Plus, if you missed it, you missed it. Like, if you didn't tape it, you had to watch it live, or it was just gone. And if you missed it, then you couldn't take part in any conversation about it. Well, right. and you think about it, with the people that were watching it, it was on long enough that if you started out as a, as a kid, you could go back to it, and it was still on the air when you were in college at that point. 
it was still the same show essentially. And um, by the time it was getting to that eighth season, I think it was in syndication at that point. So, I mean, it was constantly in reruns. So you always had that nostalgia factor. I'm going to watch a little full house. You know, it's on, it's something I can have on in the background. Until this show, I had never actually watched an entire episode, of, like from beginning to end. I'd just like seen snippets here and there. I'd seen it on at people's houses or at different places. I'd never put it on myself or watched it or anything, but I was familiar enough with it and had seen enough with it that I knew all the characters and I knew all the actors' names and everything. So, I mean, I've seen plenty of it. I just have never like actually sat and watched a Full House episode. What kind of surprised me, uh, having watched a bunch of it, is uh, I went back and watched some of the first season, and uh, it blew my mind because I always think of DJ as being like 14 or 15, and in that first season, she's 10 years old, and I, I don't know why like it didn't register with me that even the oldest girl starts as like a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. She's very young in the beginning and you don't, and well, same thing with Stephanie. And um, I mean, even the guys look so much younger. Yeah. Well, I I think that Stephanie, as I say that first season, John Stamos had that full on, you know, uh, lion's mane head of hair. Yeah. Hmm. Stephanie throughout the series, kind of always played younger than she was. Like, she continued to play the little sister, even when, as an actress, she should have been growing out of that role. So. Yeah, it wasn't until she, pretty much like the last two seasons, she started acting like a teenager. Well, and granted, the season ended when she turned 13. It started, like, a week before her sixth birthday and ended while she was 13. And then, like, her life kind of went to crap after that. Yeah, she had a a rough go for a long time. We'll get on herself. We'll get to that in the then. I'm sure we're talking about the then. I mean the now. We'll get to that in the now. (laughs) You hush! Don't you? Don't you mouth me? (laughs) Slowly. Uh, I like when he mouths me. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I I agree with kind of what you guys are saying that it it is kind of hard to pinpoint what the draw was, but. Because even then, when I was watching it, I, I used to kind of feel bad about it. And sometimes, because it was like, yeah, this is really, really like lame. But yeah. it, it almost was so kitschy that it was, or lame that it was good again, you know? And like very each, each of the characters had their catchphrase, which was just repeated over and over and over again. How rude. Cut it out. Have mercy. <laughs> you got it, dude. Etc. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, oh, my Lanta? And I'm trying to think what Bob Saget's catch line. Well, he was just the neat freak, like to an nth degree. That, that yeah. became more come, come in, you know, for hugs. Like the hugging was like, yeah, hey. hug it out. Now, do you guys remember Dave Coulier and any of his previous stuff before he got into this? Huh. Or since? Or anything else? Specifically, um, I may be the only person that remembers this, but do you remember watching him on a TV show called Out of Control? No. What's that? Oh, I know that he was on uh, like some Nickelodeon show, but as we've discussed in the past, I didn't have cable until I was in college. Yeah, it was it was a one year show, nineteen eighty four, and he was like the host of a almost like a talk show, if I remember correctly. Oh, I just looked it up. Yeah, yeah. And the other cool thing, nineteen eighty eight to nineteen eighty nine, in the real Ghostbusters TV series, he played the voice of Peter Venkman. Yep, that I knew. Oh, look, Judy Tenuta was on his show. What yeah. the heck? Judy Tenuta, yeah, she was one of the, she played his uh, sidekick in that out-of-control show. 
that's a that's a stamp of approval right there, Judy Tenuta. Well, hey, don't mock. Is that? Oh, I'm not mocking. I am definitely scorning. Who is that guy? It looks like. And up, I Sorry. guess he started doing the cut it out thing on that show. Yeah, that's where. See, and that's the thing. It's like when I watched the old shows and we was doing the cut it out. I'll, initially, I was like, "Why do I? I know the guy." It's like the the whole scenario was different. I knew the knew the knew the setup, and I knew the guy doing it. But I went back and I dig dug into it. I used to watch this out of control TV show after school every day. It was like it was just this ridiculous kind of like talk show, and this girl made this like squeaky noise, like this ah ah, ah type thing, except really higher and actually sounded like it's really did on the TV show. <laughs> don't I sense. don't know, Pat. I don't know. I just letting it go. Am I the only person that's seen this show? This is exactly why. Listeners, if anybody else out there has seen Out of Control, back me up on this. Well, see, my neighbors had cable, so I saw some of those early Nickelodeon shows, but I don't remember this. I really don't. <clears throat> wow. Uh, the only thing outside of this that I really knew Dave Coulier from was Muppet Babies. Oh. Yeah. the voice of Baby Animal from season three on. Right on. I think the only person I really knew on this show from anything else was Stamos. Same here. I mean, prior to this, I, I, the rest of them were unknowns to he me. He was the only one that was known. I only knew his wife. You, Rebecca Romain, or no, his wife before her. Wasn't he married earlier? Like, no, Re- Rebecca Roman. She played the, uh, and she was in uh, X-Men. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, I guess he was married to her since 98. Okay. I thought maybe he had a previous wife or something. But what was he on before that? I know he's a soap opera guy. Yeah, General Hospital. Uh, they they made a, well, we'll talk about that in uh, now. But, I but that was his big breakout. Oh, interesting. And I just looked up his thing. He was also on the Larry Sanders show. And he was a huge uh, heartthrob. He was on all the magazines and everything. That's probably why. Because I never, my, my aunt always watched the soaps. She always had to watch her stories. And uh, she used to watch General Hospital. So I'm sure that's where I saw him. That in the magazine covers. Uh, he is also on the short list of celebrities I've met. Really? What? Yeah, he was appearing at the uh, Chicago Auto Show one year. Oh. Huh. Yeah. Just happened. It's like, okay, I'm not all that interested in cars. I know who this guy is. I'll wait in the line. (laughs) How did it go? Like, it was just kind of a shake his hand. And okay, that was that was worth an hour and a half. (laughs) Wait, when was this? Like what year? Uh, Would have been probably uh, 90, 91. So the show was still on at that point. Oh, yeah, definitely. Hmm. Because I was in high school. Well, and he's one of those guys that uh, has aged well. Yeah, that's there's a comment from the uh, from the now from the new show that I like that yeah. I liked in that. But well, because if you if you think about it, I never really realized exactly how old they all were until the new show came around. But I mean, Bob Saget's sixty, Stamos is fifty four, and Coulier I think is fifty seven, <clears throat> maybe. Bob Saget looks like he got stung by a bee. Well, we'll get to that, but. Um, <laughs> Oh, I'm trying to find Dave Coulier's age. Four. Nothing has anything to do with this. 55. But. Did you already look it up? No, that's just my guess. And there's uh, a painting of an aged Lori Laughlin somewhere. 50, 57. <laughs> she has not aged. 57? Uh, I was close. Yeah. And Lori Laughlin is, I think, the youngest of the, the group. Well, um, she was born in 64, so. She's 52 then. Because I was born in 74, so. So was yes. this was this in your regular lineup of shows for the week? Yes. Then? 
Oh yeah, just every Friday. Yeah. No. God, she's so cute. Um, I watched it. Yeah, religiously. Anytime it was on, I watched it pretty much when I was not doing something in, when I was later in high school. But at this point, eighty-seven, I was uh my ending my freshman year, starting my sophomore. Yeah, I'd say. Oh, no. uh, I'm sorry. No, eighth. I was. I started high school in eighty-nine. So seventh and eighth grade so yeah right around the right age sorry what were you saying josh i was just gonna say i'm pretty sure i watched it up until like my junior year of high school and that was about the time i tuned out and kind of turned on the show turned on it yeah i mean i I went from watching it all the time to be to basically having the attitude about it i have now (laughs) that's kind of crap i got too too cool for school i never watched this show back then and i got a hold of a couple episodes now watch them and they make me want to punch a nun. What? I, for the life of me, cannot. I am so glad I, glad I don't have this on my resume of shows that I watched. What does a nun have to do with it, though? I don't know. Nuns are no, mostly, you know, like, hey, it's a nun. They're pretty cool. <laughs> but after I watched this, I'm like, fuck you, nun. <clears throat> I, no, I did that's not. What they, that's what they deserve, walking around all preachy, holier than thou and shit. Yeah, with their habits and shit. Yeah. But, and Dave Coulier. Judging me. Yeah. But it's like, what's black and white and red all over? You, bitch. <laughs> I just turned into Mr. T. What about you, Pat, then? I mean, did you, I mean, do you want, but did you go back and watch any old episodes? Yeah, I watched a, a, about six episodes in preparation for the show. And how do you feel about it now? Um, I could see its appeal and everything. Punch to none. Punch to none. <laughs> it doesn't anger me as much as you know a lot of other things do because I understand what it's going for and what it's made for. It's like they're not trying to do anything. They're not trying to set any. You know, they're not trying to be you know to make the the Emmys all the time. They're not. They're just trying to make a nice wholesome show that a whole family can watch and you know and teach kids things you know without being a PBS show you know about it or an after school special about it i rescind my previous statement instead of a nun i want to punch pat (laughs) (laughs) now that i understand i mean it's not as horrible as as a lot of people make it out to be because it is what it's created to be i mean you can't fault something as as you say all the time josh you can't fault something for being what it is and you know it's 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 when it's it's when it makes fun of its own self in a non-healthy type of way that we shouldn't like something like this yeah. this is this is what it is and it never really it never pretends to be something it's not right but i guess the flip side of that coin is it is true to itself and i respect that but what it is isn't something that's for me yeah exactly we're not the target audience you know i mean you you when you were the target audience you watched it and now that you're not you you, you don't have any interest in it anymore precisely well, and I don't think until the 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 twins came on the scene when Nikki and Alex were born that the show really kind of changed the direction in any way. And even then, it was trying to keep itself. Uh, it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard to try to get a you know sixteen year old girl to to do a family wholesome. You know, um, oh no, I ate Uncle Joey's cake when I wasn't supposed to show, you know, I mean, so you have to start maturing things up, which is why they end up getting other kids and bringing in younger kids. So they don't have to mature it up so much. And they just kind of write out the the older girl as she goes off to college. Is that a euphemism? No, 
Well, but I mean, you think about it, a, a lot of the shows follow that formula. Like, I mean, even Cosby show, when the kids started getting too old and moving out, they moved in Eldon and, and Raven Simone. Yeah. Uh, and, Growing Pains did the same thing. But the, but the thing with Full House is they never had that very special episode. You know, they never had the, 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 um, caffeine pills or Mr. Hooper's bike shop or, you know, any of the stuff like that. It always Wait, stayed. Caffeine pills? Uh, you thinking of, um, uh, Family Ties? No. Yes. They did a, they did a show where Alex. I'm walking on sunshine. Do you guys, Why are you walking on sunshine? You guys didn't watch Safe by the Bell? I didn't oh, know. Yeah. When no, Jesse no. Spano took all the caffeine pills and freaked out. That's anyway. actually pretty fucking entertaining from my it, side it, of it. From the caffeine side of it, that sounds like something I want to watch. You should. You should look it up on YouTube. <clears throat> you can watch the clip over and over. But anyway, I mean, that's just it. It, it never it never strove to be anything more than it was, and it stayed consistent. And once it hit that point and it kind of started to jump the shark a little bit or kind of tried to grow into another era... I think they were right to just kind of say, you know what, call it a day. Yeah. And we'll get to what is happening now when we get to the second half, because it's... I will say, by the way, um, I really, as, as I told you guys earlier, I found myself singing this stupid theme song while walking around shopping, and I actually, I think it's a it's a pretty solid theme song. It's an enjoyable song. It, it you know, kind of sets the mood for the whole show. Agreed. Yeah, it, it's got some really, really weird, like, aside from just the fact that it's sappy and saccharine, uh, you're also in a Bay Area where you only ever see white people, which is kind of weird to me. That's, that's not a San Francisco I've ever been to. <laughs> there it is. There we go. There it is. And it's, I mean, it's, it's pretty much announcing right there in the theme song. It's like, yeah, we're going to be, be going back to the old school David the Beaver type values. Yeah, if you. Which if is you, why they never had any of those, you know, um, Kimmy Gibbler is, is you know, has, has a pregnant. hidden marijuana cigarette, you know, or something like that, you know, because they kept it incredibly wholesome the whole time. Yep. And I think that's part of what made it work, though. I don't know. I While it did have that... What's the word? I, I don't want to go back to the word saccharine on it, but it did have... It was very saccharine. It was very much... look. It was almost like a filtered upon filtered upon filtered look at life. Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, it's, it's kind of that whole... Um, it, it's it's the other side of the coin of the whole you, you never go broke appealing to the least common denominator. You never go broke making something artistic that is never going to offend anyone. Because, you know, you're never going to get a protest letter from anybody. You're never <laughs> going to get a boycott. You're never going to, you know, I mean. I, don't, I didn't like the episode where the car got crashed into the kitchen. I think your show needs to be canceled. That really happened. Yeah. Wait, what? I'm sure what? somebody wrote in a protest letter about the episode where Stephanie drove the car through the kitchen. Well, people will write a protest letter about anything, really. Pretty yeah. much. There were not enough You Got It dudes in this episode. Please add more. <laughs> Sincerely, Angry Housewife. <laughs> Sincerely, Michelle Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> wait, why would she want it? Oh, wait, because she said it. No. Oh, that's right. I'm thinking of 
I meant to be the how rude. I keep forgetting to say how rude. <laughs> Did you just have a stroke? <laughs> what the hell just happened there? <laughs> That's our joke. <laughs> All right. But okay, real quick before we get to the break and the now. So, with the way the show is at the time, and as much as we've kind of picked it apart, do you think as the actors go, do you think being on this type of show stunted their careers? And well, yeah, I mean, don't you take into almost... account where they're at now with with the current show. I just mean at the time. Stunted? No, it definitely helped their careers, but. Um... You could see in Bob Saget's stand-up how much it affected him to be in such a, you know, such a family-friendly environment. He's struck out so far in the opposite, just basically due to being restrained all the time and not being able to even say a dirty word. Well, right, and I do think Dave Coulier was pigeonholed, and definitely you kind of had sort of the thing where you've got a popular band and, like, your Beyonce goes off on uh, their own with the, the I, Mary Kate and Ashley. To be fair, I think he less got pigeonholed than more just didn't really have the wings to fly out of the hole he was in. That could be. Well, I, I was moving on to a point about the kids oh, where you've sorry. got the Olsen twins went on and started doing direct to video movies and like had this career. And then you've got Candace Cameron Burr and uh, Jody Sweeten kind of just like, okay, this is all I've ever known about my life. I don't have the Olsen twins career. What now? Mm-hmm. And uh, definitely, I mean, Candace Cameron. Well, we'll get to what happened to them, but it didn't go so well for them. All right. Well, it, well, and, 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 uh, the Olsen sisters had smart people working behind them because they segued this silly little show that they got picked because they weren't crying into a multi-billion dollar empire that is still going strong. So they didn't have any problem, but I just, I just kind of wondered because I, I think about how often I see the other people on other things. And then I kind of wondered as I was watching the new season or the new show, does it really matter? Cause residuals like Bob Saget alone, residuals from this and Amer- uh, America's funniest home videos must be lying in his pockets pretty steadily. Oh yeah. He's, he's worth a lot of money. And for Jody Sweeten, it was fueling a $10,000 a day drug habit for a while, <laughs> but I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, hold on one second before we move on. I just want to look up Bob Saget net worth. That's a oh. lot of meth. <laughs> net worth. Okay. Um, says and over a hundred million is the estimated net worth as of right now. That's ins- that's a lot of money for hugging. <laughs> right. I would be like aw, and, and hugging and do it being a clean. Oh, trip. I would. There's- yeah, there's no doubt. That, like I've made it very clear before. I am willing to sell out if anybody wants to pay me. Yeah. Like, if you want to hire me to, to be the dad in a shitty sitcom, I'll do it. Especially if a couple of years later you get to utter the line, fuck you, I suck dick for crack. <laughs> right? <laughs> that was... <laughs> you ever suck dick uh, for marijuana? <laughs> Dave... The guy stands up, I seen it! <laughs> Dave Coulier is worth $4 million. So he, I mean, he can't complain too much. $40 million. Hmm. Uh, now, Lori is Laughlin. that by the gram or is that like as the whole? <laughs> Lori Laughlin, six million. Huh. Well, they're obviously doing well for themselves. Yeah, I mean, for I'm mean, probably most of that is from the show. However, the girls are almost billionaires. 
Yeah, that says here three hundred million for just Mary Kate alone. So yeah, I mean what? between that and and that's probably just what they are, okay. not necessarily what they're truly worth. Yeah, between this the two be, of them and all their assets, they're probably billionaires. This may be kicking into the the now, but what what are the Olsen twins doing to earn that much money? Everything. Yeah. They have a they they joke about it on they the license show, more than Gene Simmons does. Oh Jesus, they, that's rough. Well, and they do have a fashion empire. I mean, that's that was not a joke. That really is true. Okay. Yeah, they they moved on to ha- launch several fashion lines. Oh yep. wow! All right, and uh, my cluelessness on this sort of situation is definitely a reason to step into the now. So, you guys want to take a break? Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's take a break, and we'll come back and talk about the now and the Olsen twins and how they dress. What? Maybe. We are? Are we? You got it, dude. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm stopping. All right, we are back. And we are going to talk about Fuller House, the new Netflix-made show that just came out in 2016. Mm -hmm. Season two comes out tomorrow. Right on. So, okay, this series centers around DJ Tanner, I'm sorry, Tanner Fuller, a veterinarian and widowed mother of three sons whose sister and best friend, the mother to a teenage daughter, provides support for her son's upbringings by moving in with her. So there's the formula right there. Kill one of the parents. Yeah, basically. Yeah. That's pretty much every Disney movie that you've ever seen. Disney does not like nuclear families. No. There's a dad or a mom. One of them's gone within the first five minutes. We've discovered that. And it mimics the uh, the formula of the original show, right? Well, in in fact, aside from changing the specific people involved, it virtually carbon copies the formula from the original show. Well, and the other thing is, is this actually uh, is made and produced by the same people that did the first show. So, uh, the people that we talked about in the first part, Jeff Jeff Franklin, he is a key part of this new new show. So it's pretty much the whole team, the team, they, they're getting the band back together type of thing. Yes. So you've got Candace Cameron Burr coming back as DJ Tanner Fuller. And uh, I don't know, she has got, there's something almost strange about her face. She's cute. I don't know, it's almost like a caricature. You know She's how- had a lot of work done, I think. Think so? Those I don't think maybe. So. I mean, it's only been twenty years. Yeah. All so right. she's probably still younger than all of us. Well, she just looks like she's got that face that looks like she's had work done. So do you? No, I do not. Yeah. If <laughs> I mean, he, not the kind of work you want done. If Pat, <laughs> if Pat had work done, he has a lawsuit coming up right now. <laughs> all right. So uh, he's Joe- got caution blasting area signs all over. <laughs> oh, that's. <laughs> Do not use cell phones around Patrick. <laughs> so then we've got uh, Jody Sweeten as Stephanie, Andrea Barber as Kimmy, Michael Campion. Is that right? As Jackson Fuller? Sure. Oh. Sounds <laughs> right to me. Elias Harger as Max Fuller, 
Sony Bringas, Sony something or other is Ramona. Deshell Messett is Tommy Fuller Jr. Fox Messett is Tommy Tommy Fuller Jr. Tommy and Tommy. Yeah, doing the whole twins as a baby thing. Right. And John Brotherton as Dr. Matt Harmon. And then we've got a bunch of people that <laughs> kind of do a one-shot. And then we get down to John Stamos, Dave Coulier, Lori Lachlan, Bob Saget. Yeah, I mean, basically, the original cast is heavily featured in the pilot, and then they kind of do cameos throughout the season. Yeah. Um, yes. So a full That's sca- like life. You know how your parents do cameos? Cameras are rolling. You only, well, ever, that's just you walking one, by you only ever take one twin out at a time. You know, just like life. That's just you walking by the mirror. After a haircut. I knew it. I was. I, someone was going to say it. <laughs> so, trivia. A full-scale replica of the house exterior was constructed in the Warner Brothers parking lot. Uh, after the owners of the original house refused permission to film their property. They're like, get that shenanigans off our lawn. Nor were they willing to remove large trees that were obstructing the view at the front of the house. Because apparently, they were tired of the constant visits from fans on a daily basis. Why would you buy the house, then? You know, you think they would that would be, like, above telling somebody that this is a murder house. Like, I, you know, somebody was murdered here, but more importantly, they shot full house here. Well, I, I think it was just the exterior shot was done, ma- you know, mainly without their permission, probably. And people just come and visit their house. Well, yeah, and plus it's prime real estate in San Francisco and the classic painted ladies, which they're certainly not making anymore. Right. But the house is bought for $4 million by its new no- new owner, executive producer, and series creator Jeff Franklin. His first move as the house's new owner was to restore the house door to its famous red color as seen in, on the show. Because it'll be a lot more fun for the fans because now the house will look like the Tanners really live there, he said. Adding, it's a gift to the fans, but also fun for me to own it and probably never live there. So he doesn't have to deal with people coming by and getting their pictures taken in front of their house all the time. I don't know, man. You have a $4 million house. You probably spend some time there. Well, just open it up for tours. I was going to say, I would let it generate income. I know. Yep. Well, also on the other thing, he's also the guy who created, you know, Full House. So I'm guessing he's probably worth quite a bit too. And that's kind of a nice way to solve that problem. Like, oh, I accidentally made your house too famous for you to live in. Well, I'll just buy it off of you. Right. <laughs> what name your price? Within reason. No, I'm paying less. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm looking at it. Jeff Franklin, CelebrityNetWorth.com, sixty million dollars. Ain't nothing to sneeze at. Yep. He could light his uh, cigars with $100 bills if he wanted to. Right. He could have fancy Dijon ketchups. Right. Because, honestly, I'm worth like $60. <laughs> so, and you can still do those things if you want. Right. You can buy fancy mustard or or burn a $100 bill if you want. Yeah. But only one. If you could find one. <laughs> That's true. So uh, Ashley Olsen and Mary-Kate Olsen were considered for the role of a third adult lead, with the role of Michelle being given to only one of them for continuity purposes, as both sisters had differed in their appearance from each other since childhood days. However, when both sisters passed on the... Oh, I'm sorry. 
However, when both sisters passed on the offer, the role of the third adult lead was instead given to Andrea Barber. Now, they did consider another girl to play the role who looks like them. Uh, and I honestly, I'm glad they went with Kimmy because if one of, if either one of them had been on there, it wouldn't have worked as well. Yeah. As annoying as Kimmy Gibbler was in the original show, I mean, you kind of needed her for the reboot to work. Yeah. Cause they're, they're way too, cause you've already got Jody Sweeten being somewhat the serious one, not in, in, just with she's had real life experiences more than some of the other ones seem to. And to have them there, they just are too kind of deadpan looking like they're going <clears> to <throat> go back to their crack addiction kind of, I don't know, heroin chic. That's what I was trying to think of. That would be what? a very special show. Well, it's kind of nice that they didn't do that. They didn't decide to take a uh, darker, twisted look or a self-parody. They're just like, it's going to be lighthearted. It's going to be sappy. It's going to be exactly as it always was. Well, and I think that's yeah, part they, of why they agreed to do it was that they didn't go that route. Yeah, they didn't do like the, the modern day retelling of Brady Bunch tongue in cheek kind of thing. Neat, with a wink and a nod type. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> periodically they 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 do a little bit here and there, but it's it's minimal at best. Well, and it's mugging for the camera or uh, taking a wink and a nod at real life with the actors' situations. It's never deciding to like make fun of what it is or change what it is to try and reinterpret it for a different audience. Hmm. So one more trivia. In the season's episode 12, Steve Hale asks DJ out in a 90s memories theme date and tells her that he has Alanis Morissette bumping in the car, to which she replies, Do you know who that song is really about? This is in reference to Dave Coulier, Uncle Joey, for whom the song is actually written for. Now, this is trivia off of uh, IMDb. What song are they talking about? Probably her most famous song, where she wants to go down on him in a theater. Yeah, you oh, yeah. Know. yeah, you ought to know was uh, about Dave Coulier. What? They dated. Yeah, um, they dated for a long time. Are you okay? Why do I not know this? The... I being as into pop culture as you are, I have no idea how you didn't yeah, know that. I, I am astounded either. at the fact that I do not know that Dave Coulier and Alanis Morissette dated. That you, that she used to go down on him in a theater. Which specific theater? <laughs> All of them. In Canada. Canada. Are, are you... Or rather, rather a theater. <laughs> You're, you, think... This is not just like you three guys like coordinating to screw with me on this one. But no, no, this is well-known pop culture fact. Wow. Well, it's, it's That's a thing. Look more up. urban legend. Uh, Dave Coulier has repeatedly denied it. Why would I don't you know deny that? Right. I would have been like, heck yeah. It was in Portland, Maine. <laughs> You're an ass. Okay, I'm looking this up. Yeah, I was just going to find you a more reputable link, but if you just look up Dave Coulier, you ought to know, you'll find tons and tons of links about it. All right. Now, I, I looked it up, and the first thing on the that is, who is you ought to know about? And it is, that's ridiculous, because you could have given me a choice of 
anybody in the world, and Dave Coulier would have literally <laughs> been my last choice. Emo <laughs> Phillips would have come. Fred Rogers. You ought to know us about Fred Rogers. Fred Rogers. Yes. Complete, I, I would have guessed him before Dave Coulier. Cut it out. Wow. Well, whether or not it's true, you go, Dave. <laughs> uh, she's a yeah. too. All right. I mean, regardless of whether the urban legend is true or not, he definitely dated her. That's that's fact. Yes. That's crazy. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So going on, let's talk more about actually the show. Right. <laughs> Instead of Dave Coulier getting a blowjob in a theater. So well, one of the things about about the the series, the the first episode was called our first episode ever again, because the first episode of the original series was our first episode ever. And then when it ended, they weren't really happy with it because of the way things went down that never really got a proper end. And so when they wrote the, the pilot or the first episode for this series, they wrote it as a cap to the last series so that people got that ending to know what happened and got closure and then allowed it to go ahead and push forward into what the new series was going to become. Yeah. And I think that keeping the extended family, most of the original adult cast around in some fashion, but making them not the focus anymore was a really strong choice. Well, and I think we all knew, even if it wasn't going to be the the Tanner family anymore, that we were going to get, those people coming back. I mean, otherwise they wouldn't have done it. I don't think. Cause it wouldn't have been the same show if it was just the three girls without any it, context. It would make no sense to do the show and never have Jesse or Joey or Danny ever show up. So they had to have them on board. Well, and as I understand it, John Stamos and uh, Candace and Jody were the first three to sign on. They'd been pushing for a revival for years. Well, well, yeah, they chopped it around to like seven different networks or something like that. Yeah, uh, John Stamos. John Stamos is running around like, I have to show people how good I look. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Honestly, that one crack that he makes in the opening uh, episode, we look awesome. Yeah. You know what, Stamos? You do look awesome. He really does. <laughs> he does. You and Jody Sweeten. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm a Kimmy Gimler guy. Kimmy Gimler. Oh. How? Ugh. What's wrong with Kimmy? Well, I mean, I would, if, I would Jody all over her sweetens. Well, give me Lori Laughlin then. I don't care. I'll take either one of them. I, I'm with you on Lori Laughlin, but yeah, I want some <laughs> of that puffy Dave Coulier meat. <laughs> There's a theater. I want. I want that bland <laughs> chicken. That bland chicken breast that is David Coulier. <laughs> he is a little puffy. That is true. Yes, he is. In his in his pajamas, but aren't we all? Twenty years later, seriously, yeah. who is not in Dave Coulier's well, pajamas? Joel's not. Joel's not Joel, a little puffy. Joel's the only one that's gotten thinner. I'm actually less puffy than I was at that point. Right? <laughs> you bastard! In a reverse twist of fate, I wish I would have looked this good when I was younger. Where everyone else is wearing a fat suit of themselves. <laughs> we all wish you would have looked that good when you were younger. Would have helped right. all of us. Uh, (laughs) i was your wingman at that point no you were our wings man you ate our wings (laughs) that is true (laughs) okay i'm sorry that was terrible i shouldn't know it was funny (laughs) but um the jokes are the same i mean there are a couple 
like the new kids, they've tried to force their catchphrases a little too much. I hate that young kid. Elias, uh, Max? Yeah. Oh, that kid is just, he's, he's, he's that, that precociousness that I just want to, I want to strangle him. I hate that kid. Is that the kid that was cleaning up all the time? Yeah. Yeah. I go back and forth between liking him and thinking that he's not a very good child actor. He's a shit actor. That's why I don't like him. His, his lines are shit, and he's shit. He I, sucks. I'm with him. Fuck him. Yeah. Wow. If I well, saw that kid, I would punch him. Right. Wow. <laughs> what if he was standing next to a nun? Who's getting it first? Punch it. I'm, oh, I've got two arms, and there's two of them. I'll punch a nun and the kid at the same time. <laughs> Bow. The hell are we talking about? I Meeting up nuns and children, of course. Well, all right, as long as it's something normal. And we're here. Um, I mean, basically, the, the like you said, the, the jokes are the same. The feel of the show is the same. And they've, they've created it so that you're in the same environment. Not a lot has changed other than the fact that the, the leads are now female instead of male. And even the the kids are, I mean, she's got three kids, which she had her and her two sisters. Yeah. I mean, you had three guys raising three girls. Now you've got three girls raising three guys. Whoa. You screwed my mind, man. Yeah. And an extra girl, but the Tanner or the fuller kids are all male. They've basically gender swapped the Tanner fuller, uh, adults and children, and then thrown an extra girl child in there. Now, I do have to say that um, uh, in the first episode with Nikki and Alex, that was unnecessary to have them on as much as they were. I get it for a split second to say, oh, hey, they're all grown up. Okay, good. Now move on because they were terrible. Yeah, and, and their characters didn't exactly carry a whole lot of screen time or weight in the first show. They were just two cute kids. So they didn't really need to throw to them as much as they did. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. And totally unrealistic. Who wants to open a food truck? <laughs> oh my god my heart just hurt you hurt my heart I know oh, how rude oh my god oh, you cut it out oh oh have mercy uh, I'm sorry <laughs> no I'm not <laughs> cause we know Pat can take it but still man I, I actually thought that when they were like oh we're gonna have a food truck I was like don't don't, don't you do it <laughs> you'll end up on the street <laughs> Um, wow. I don't know where to go from that. Um, Steve, Steve Hale, DJ's former boyfriend. He has not aged real well. And his shtick about always raiding their fridge has aged even worse. Yeah. I, and I, I know I sound like I'm bagging on this. I actually liked this a lot more than I liked the original show it's based on. Well, and that's the other thing for me. I mean, as much as I watched the original show and I enjoyed it, this to me, I found myself smiling more than laughing and I, I don't binge watch shows, but I binge watch this in I think two and a half days, even though there's only 13 episodes for me, that's a lot. And when I don't have a lot of time, I only watched the pilot. I didn't watch any more than that. I watched all of it and I loved every second of it. And I look forward to the second season, even though there were points in it where I was like, Ooh, that's a little too much. No wonder you knew you're like, Oh, second season tomorrow. <laughs> I'm with Joel on this where sometimes I was like, all right, that was, that was a bit much or that kid's not a very good actor and it's kind of annoying me, but I do respect what they've done with it. And, uh, the fact that they decided to make it what it always was 
And even though I didn't like what it used to be, somehow that makes it all okay. And I, I'm not sure I get it. Nostalgia? Uh, maybe it's just that, but I, I don't know. Like, like, I don't understand why I ever liked the first one, and I don't understand why I do like the new one. Well, in 10 years, you're going to hate this one, too. Probably. I hate them both. <laughs> I nothing both of them myself. It's like putting on a big old comfy sweater. No, it's not. A big old comfy t-shirt. No. It's like cotton candy on a Saturday afternoon. Exactly. Makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> hey. <laughs> that I do. <laughs> no, I I watched I watched this one and I watched the first off the opening episode was introducing a whole bunch of people that I barely knew from the original series. This, I do think it loses something if you don't have like a connection to the original. Right. And right. that and that's it. It's like I f- opening the the first um the first episode was like if I I almost felt like I had to do research on it. I kind of did. I mean, like, I felt like I needed to know each of the characters more than I actually did versus just like, yeah, you're kind of like, you're the daughter, you're this, you know, you're the, uh, um, you know, you're the dad, that sort of thing. But it was just almost like checking boxes in the first episode. But at least you could appreciate Stephanie's outfit. Mm. I don't get it. I don't. And how? I don't know. I, I don't, I don't get that. I'm not a fan like that. Of her. She's got big boobies. I, I get that. But she's a terrible DJ, by the way. They would never ask her to play Coachella. Well, she only plays like 15 seconds of every song. <laughs> right. She's like... She, she, she's the uh, ADD DJ. <laughs> DJ preview mode. <laughs> she is DJ Tanner. Wiki, wiki. Like the, yeah, when she plays the new kids on the block. I'm like, what are they? Oh man, it's over. What? Yep. What just happened? Oh, when they, um, yeah, I started dancing, and that was the thing. It was like I was watching it while I was kind of like doing stuff around the house, and I heard her say, "Oh, we got the new kids on the block," and it was like, like you said, Joel. Oh, it's over. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. This is something I can get into. And no, they're not doing it anymore. <laughs> now, out of the 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 new characters that they've introduced, um. I have to say that uh, Matt, the veterinarian, is very likable. He makes a nice little addition to the show. He's got some natural charm to him. But the guy that plays Fernando needs to tone it down just about a lot. <laughs> he is very Latin loverish. Well, and it's funny because he, he breaks character at one point in one of the episodes on purpose. And, and he's like... I don't know what just happened. I, I sound like I'm speaking gibberish or something, but he doesn't actually have that accent. He's an American actor. Well, or at least he speaks, but he speaks in an American accent for just a split American. second. American. And it just, it was, it was funny. It's kind of the, one of those fourth wall breaking moments, like where they talk about Michelle being in New York and they kind of look out at the screen, all of them, you know, maybe right. a bit too long. Yeah. That was a little bit too long of a pause. But they, they in the last episode of the first season, they call her and they leave her a drunk voicemail. And at the end, they're all like, what is it? They all go, you got it, dude. <laughs> I don't know. 
It's it's funny because you know they're poking fun at themselves, but not in a I don't know. Yeah, not in that hip, self-aware, apologizing for itself way, which I, I've over and over again uh, criticized things for. So I respect that they didn't do that here. And and there were a lot of parts that I was kind of like, uh, you know, like I said earlier, I kind of got like too much. Like the whole Lori Laughlin thing being so overboard about wanting to have a baby. You know, there's a point where you got to pull it back a little bit because it just got to the point of being abs- uh, absurd, you know? And maybe you guys don't know because you didn't watch all the episodes like I did, but yeah. you know who always wants a baby? People that don't have babies. Yeah, well, she's a grandmother at this point. As soon as, as, soon as you have a baby, you're like, yeah, this was this was a mistake. Wait, was she a grandmother? No, she's not a grandmother. She's old enough to be, but her two boys, that's right. They're the terrible kids that are opening a taco truck. Fish taco truck. Fish taco truck. All they need is the fish and the tacos. And, and the, the truck. truck. And the truck. Don't forget the truck. Yeah, I wanted to slap everybody after watching the first episode. <laughs> it was just uh, like, I, I, honest to God, am, I, I don't know, I could not get into it. I tried, I tried to watch it. I, I, you know, I watched a couple episodes of it, but the more I watched it, the more angrier I got. It's just like, I, feel you know when i see so many people talking about how awesome this show is oh my god it's fuller house this is the thing no it's not it's terrible but you know with with the the content putting it in context of how you felt about the original series it's not a surprise i mean and that's okay it is a surprise because you are an awful person if you enjoy this show when you were when it was on back then yeah, but I think right now, the, and you can make a case for it's a good thing that they don't do this anymore. But the classic 1980s multi-camera sitcom is something that's just gone. And that when you don't make any more of something, you create a niche. And obviously, with its popularity, it's something that people missed. Whether it was any good to begin with almost doesn't matter at that point. True. Okay. And the nostalgia factor alone, again, you have people that at the time were small children or young adults, just starting families that are now grown up, maybe have their own kids or are, you know, in that forties age range that are now watching it, that are enjoying it again, because it's taken them back to being a kid and they can show it to their kids. And it's a lot more relatable to the people that are older and have their own kids now. That's true too. Even if it is saccharine sweet and kind of implausible in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I'll be like, look at how bad we had it. You should be <laughs> grateful. What? Oh, I was like, wait, what? They don't have it bad. They live in a nice house. And I was like, oh, you mean the show? Yeah. That's our mic? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I don't think it works that way, unfortunately. No, it really doesn't. That's I our troll. <laughs> I tried. Hey, I don't know. Mercy. It's it's not without its faults, but I, for me, I think I fall into that category of those that enjoyed it for the sake of the nostalgia and the the sameness of it, and kind of getting to see. Everybody likes to kind of follow up where their where their people end up and their favorite shows because you grow attached to those characters. It's like why are franchise films so popular? It's because you want to see those characters grow and 
and do more things if they're iconic characters that you really enjoy. And it's no different with television shows and why some shows last longer than others is you grow attached to them and you want to know what's going to happen next. And this is kind of in that same category. I mean, even if what happens next is nothing more interesting than everyone's problems are solved by hugging. Is that not how we actually solve everything? (laughs) That's how I solve things. I hug myself and I feel better. Oh, wait. Yeah. Yeah, hugging That's takes hugging. two I, hands, Joel. I, I I tried hugging everybody at jail, and they didn't they didn't like it. That's because they were all turtling up inside their uh, <laughs> their jumpsuits. <laughs> all right, so if if you are forced at gunpoint to watch the then <laughs> or the now, which one do you choose? Wait, I have to choose, or they're going to shoot me. I would choose to watch now, so I could look at Jody Sweeten's boobies. I mean, for me, it's pretty obvious I because I didn't like the original. Well, I started liking the original. Then I hated the original and continue to hate the original. And I kind of like begrudgingly like the Netflix show. I'd probably choose the now, I guess. Uh, With me. I probably would say no thank you and go back to watching Night Court. Well, but that's a great show, too. Yeah, that's not an option. Aww. Yeah, I can't fault you for that choice. I'm just saying, yeah, it's yeah, it's not an option. I agree with Chaz. I pro- honestly, I probably would watch then. Because with the then, there isn't... How to put it? I don't feel like I have to have to know something to watch the then. Plus, you get the Beach Boys in two different episodes. Right. That's true. And then there's There was that. a lot more singing in this show than I realized. Now that you mentioned uh, the Beach Boys, like every episode there was that I watched, there was some kind of singing involved. Yeah, either a dance number or a song or both. That's yeah, called the theme Many song. episodes. Because, you know, Jesse always had to be rehearsing something. Jesse and the Rippers. Like, like how many different bands was he in over the course of the... He was work? in the Rippers, and that was it. No, there was an acapella band at one point when it was like 12 guys all singing around. The Rippers were the only one that mattered, huh? Oh. Doesn't mean you're not in them, though. I mean, Cut it out. I want to be in the Rippers. No, I don't. Um, Speaking of which, fun fact, the new theme song to the show for the Fuller House is done by Carly Rae Jepsen. And it stinks. Let's not forget that. I'm just saying fun fact. I didn't say it was good or bad. It's bad. It's that that really bad... Breathy singing that's popular right now in the in all the voice shows and America's Got Talent. Did you, did you say voice shows? What is that? No, like the voice and you know, songs uh, where they sing with their voice. Oh, no! There's a show called The Voice. Am I the only one that knows this? I know, Pat. What you're talking about? I know you know. I don't watch it, but I know what you're talking about. I don't either, but it is a show. You are aware there is a show on television called The Voice. <laughs> And on this show, they sing songs with their voices. Thank you very much for recognizing that. I love you, Pumpkin. (laughs) I love you, honey, buddy. Thank you. I was waiting for you to say it. I was going to be let down if you didn't. (laughs) So, uh, is that all we got to say, I guess? That's pretty much it. So, next week, 
We're getting our jungle on with the jungle book. Welcome to the jungle. Knees. That was almost like being in concert. That was. That was so close. I can almost hear him eating the donuts in front of me. <laughs> I was going to say, I need to eat a few other people to be Axel Rose size. I want to be like you, kid. Uh, uh, I want to walk like you, talk like you. I was just listening to the the original soundtrack version on my drive home on my iPod earlier today. Aw. It's Sam. Louis Prima sings it. Louis Prima voices. Yep. Mm-hmm. Love me some Louis Prima. Me too. Yep. All right. All so right. Next if week. you'd like to uh, tell us whether uh, you agreed or disagreed with us on our assessments of Full and Fuller House, you can always give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. And if you'd like to call us and let us know what you thought about the Jungle Book later on, you can call us and... At uh, 708-669-9727. If you'd like to call, leave us a voicemail. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> All we need now is a trumpet in the background. <laughs> oh, my Manta. You can also shoot us an email at 40go14 at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter at 40go14. And you can check out our archive of shows on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, all fine podcasting directories. Right. That's all I got. I'm just agreeing with you. If you want to leave us a voicemail. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (sighs) If anybody out there has seen that show that I completely forgot about now. Good Dave, talk. <laughs> Dave Coulier. Dave Coulier was in with the girl uh, that's out of control out, or whatever. Out of oh. control with the girl that squeaks. Please, if anybody else has seen that show, please tell me the I'm girl not that like... squeak that squeaks much better than Mike does. Sounds yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a grizzly bear choking on an apple. No, that's different. That goes <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Impressive. On that note, good night. (laughs) Good night.